every need to every heart, God, because only you you know what whatever one of them is. God, in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Go be to Proverbs eleven. You know, life is interesting, I think. Kind of this uh, roller coaster, I guess you could say, you know, of, of ups and downs and occasional uh, loop de loops. But, um, you know, and to me, that's a really great reason to not not trust your feelings, not trust your emotions as to how how well your life is going. Uh, because it kind of just goes up and down. You know, if I could use a pop culture reference, it's like uh, when uh, 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 they kept telling Luke Skywalker to trust his feelings. It's like, well, it didn't really work for his dad. So, you know, I mean, I don't know about that. But, uh, you know, it's funny because we go through these different places in our life, you know, um, I think um, everybody gets that idea of bracing yourself to go through some tough valley place where you are uh, encountering these these battles that come at you from the outside. That that seems pretty straightforward, and I think most people expect that. Um, I think the thing that catches us by surprise is these more subtle battles that come against us that are more hard to uh, they're squidgy if I could use that word. It's like it's hard to put your finger on what what is the matter, or you know, um, or what is this that I'm feeling? You know, we. Uh, I think sometimes uh, we we feel all these different things and and we're like. This little, the little man behind the the thing at the post office trying to figure out where do these all go, and uh, um, oftentimes we we kind of it's easy uh, to come into a place of uh, malaise of just kind of everyday life. Everything's you know yesterday is just like. Today and tomorrow is going to be just like today is, and you know, for good or for ill, let's you know. Bleh. So, um, you know, and and it's funny because it's easy to recognize that you know it's it's a serious hour that we live in, and then you know there the, you see the work that God is doing, you know, sending the the team down to Honduras and watching the meetings. That's obviously a Huge blessing, and um, and then of course um, staying back here with the stuff is is interesting as well, and uh, uh, but it's easy. It's funny how easy it can be to just feel like, hey, well, you know, just this sort of. Um, I'm, I'm groping for this word. You can see how squidgy this is because I'm looking for the word. Um, malaise, I think, is really the best word I can come up with for it. But, but you know, um, there's a big difference between a uh, a river 
and a swamp. You know, a swamp, there's no movement, and everything is stagnant. You know, and, you know, with a river, it's moving, and it's, it's you know, there's life to it, and, and all this great stuff. I'm sure you're all familiar with um, the, uh, you know, the Sea of Galilee. You know, it has water coming into it, it has water coming out of it, and it empties out into the Dead Sea. And then from the Dead Sea, it goes nowhere. So, I think that's a really interesting thought about our about our life, and uh, uh, and the uh, the the way that we we feel. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I get into this sort of bored malaise kind of place. And it's like I really want to touch from God, but at the same time, I just feel kind of unmotivated, if I could say it that way. And, um, you know, and it's like, it's like, you know, if you go to a Chinese buffet after church, then, I mean, you're probably going to be hungry a couple hours later because it's Chinese food. But right then when you leave, it's like, ah, I don't think I'm ever going to eat again, you know. And uh, there's nothing like trying to sit down to a meal when you are just not hungry. You know? And uh, so, which is why whenever we take our kids places, like you need to eat before we leave because there's not going to be anything you're going to eat there. So, <laughs> and, then, and then you can honestly tell your hosts, well, they're just not hungry. They ate a little bit ago. Uh, but here in Proverbs 11, in 24, it says, There is that scatters and yet increases. And there is that withholds more than is meat and it tends to poverty. You know, I'm sure there are plenty of, uh, plenty of preachers out there that would uh, uh, use that as a good case for why you should tithe more. But... Uh, but it's interesting because we have this sense of, you know, if I if I'm uh, distributing my resources, I'm going to run out. You know, and 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 uh, I know in my own life, God taught me that it's a law that give and it should be given to you. You know, and uh, in fact, I have a note in my Bible next to the scripture about Luke. Uh, 6:38, where he says, "Give it should be given to you, pressed down, shaken over, or shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom." Um, so there is that, but it's more than just about um, the the uh, your physical resources that you that you have to to distribute, because you have something way more valuable than that inside of you, and uh, uh, but it's can't grab a hold of it you know it's 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 something more kind of ethereal than that but it's just as real more so really than than the money in your wallet so he says there is that scatters and yet increases and there is that withholds more than is meat and it tends to poverty you wouldn't think that hanging on to to all of your resources would tend to poverty but if you won't give then god doesn't give to you you know, and so and so indeed you do find yourself running out because then you you find yourself spending your resources on one of the things and 
you don't have enough coming in. And in 25, he says, The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that waters shall be watered himself. So, this, uh, this word liberal is a good word. Not, not at all like we use the word liberal nowadays. It's kind of become a curse word uh, in, in, in my, uh, my dictionary. But um, uh, this word means blessing, uh, as in like a benediction or, or the giving of a gift. And so, so this, this soul that distributes these, these blessings shall be made fat. And he that waters shall also be watered himself. This word, uh, the, this word watering means to either to saturate or to satiate. So it's it's about meeting uh, a need. It's about uh, you know and you know when something is saturated, it just can't hold any more, and so you have to kind of you know let it let it soak for a while at that point. So at that point, it's it's you've given it all that you can give it, right? So he says that when we do that, then we're watered ourselves. And and this is a different word, and it it means more like flowing. And so that's the thing that you want is you don't want to have you don't want to have the blessings of God come to you and then just stop there, and then evaporate like the Dead Sea. You want to pass those blessings along. To the people around you, and and that can be, you know, that that could be reaching out to the the lost around you. That can be um, encouraging somebody in the body that's having a a, a really bad time. Uh, in twenty six, he says, "He that withholds corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that sells it." So, there's there's nothing like the feeling of frustration that comes when you know that somebody could help you and they don't. <laughs> and, um, but it's great because, you know, it gives you an opportunity to, to just rest in the Lord. But you don't want to be that guy who could help and doesn't. It's like, you know, well, go and be blessed. And, and yet you do nothing to help them. Uh, so go with me over to Isaiah 58. It was a really interesting time studying this yesterday. Because as you might imagine, by my uh, vivid description of this feeling of squidgy blahness, this is kind of rather where I've been living lately. <coughs> ah, excuse me. Uh, so, I'm just going to start at the beginning of 58 here. <coughs> Just cry aloud, spare not. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Show my people their transgression in the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and forsook not the ordinances of their God. They ask of me the ordinances of justice and they take delight in approaching to God. Why have we, wherefore have we fasted, they say, and you see not? Wherefore have we afflicted our soul and you take no knowledge? Behold, in the day of you're fast, you find pleasure, and exact all your labors. So, uh, this is an interesting thing, uh, you know, because, uh, of course, the, the prophets were continually dealing with Israel about um, 
being uh, uh, not being genuine with God, you know, because um, I can't help but read this with a sense of uh, almost sarcasm from from God, because because He said that they they draw near to me with their hearts or with their lips, but their hearts are far from me, and uh, and so they've done all this fasting and and. Uh, and he said, and they're saying, why, you know, why is this not benefiting us? Any? Why are you not, you know, moved by it or whatever? And and God answers that, you know, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure, exact all your labors. Um, behold, you fast for strife and debate and to smite with the fist of wickedness. And you shall not fast as you do this day to make your voice to be heard on high. You know, fasting is a super important thing. And... Uh, and I wouldn't minimize it in any way, but what he talks about here is really interesting because you know Israel had this kind of religious idea that uh, fasting would somehow buy something from God, or that it would somehow um, you know it's interesting because he says that you fast for strife and debate and dismite with the fist of wickedness. Sounds like you know. They're fasting because they're unhappy with somebody else, and and they're thinking that if they outfast the other person, then God will side with them. Kind of what it sounds like to me. But you know, and it really misses the point of fasting entirely. You know, last week we talked about suffering and and you know suffering in vain versus suffering for a purpose. And I can think of few. I mean. You, you know, if you know me at all, or if you just saw me walk in, know that fasting is suffering to me. So, if I'm going to fast and I'm going to suffer, you know, then it it, it had better have a purpose to it. <laughs> because, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, uh, like, well, you don't have to fast on, you know, from food. You could, like, you know, fast from something else. You know, and you know, I, I've thought before about fasting from coffee, and I broke out in such a sweat. I thought, no, I think I would rather fast from food. I think, as I mean, that doesn't sound like much fun either. But um, plus, I, I I don't know. I would need to warn Mike ahead of time and let him find something else to do outside the office that day. Because I, I would either sleep at my desk or I would be really, really, really grouchy. But, uh, but anyway, that, that's all free. You know, but the thing about fasting is, you know, of course, it puts your, it puts your flesh aside, but it pushes your flesh back, pushes your will back, and uh, and proves to you that you can, in fact, tell yourself no, which is a, a really valuable thing uh, for us to learn, and. Uh, um, and it, and you know it does um, make it easier for you to receive something from God because it, it boosts your faith and pushes back your flesh and uh, so in that sense it does it, it is a great way to get something from God but that's not really what the purpose of it necessarily is it, it, the purpose of it is that putting of yourself aside. So he says here in verse 5, Is it such a fast that I have chosen 
a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head as a bulrush, to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out of the, to thy house, when you see the naked, that you cover him, and that you hide not yourself from your own flesh? You know, the thing about fasting is your 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 flesh cringes at the idea, you know, of like, what do you mean, no? <laughs> it's like it's like a little kid, you know, and when you take their tablet away, it's like. You know, the world has come to an end. Yeah, my yesterday my uncle was like, you know, you could like kill a child by just taking away their video games and their Wi-Fi and their tablet and everything. Like, give them like a week, they'll just die. <laughs> I was like, either that or they would begin to truly live. One, of, one or the other. I, I saw this really interesting picture the other day. Um, uh, this this guy that had like a, a smartphone like attached to his face and it had like these like spider claws hang like gripping his head and like this like big scorpion tail thing coming off of it and I was like wow that's yeah <laughs> you know, it's like uh, uh, there's something disturbingly addictive about uh, smartphones and tablets and so forth uh, Steve Jobs you know came up with the iPad he would not let his children have one. <laughs> Be, because he realized how addictive these things could be. So, uh, but anyway, that that's all free. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Um, so, to this sense of doing something that you don't really want to do necessarily. Um, you know, I mean, because when you're when you're fasting from food, you're not eating, and so there's this kind of a lack of activity that you might be doing there. And then here in this this fast that God says that He's chosen, there's actually all kinds of activity that you would be doing, and uh, and and uh, a lot of this things that your flesh would probably prefer to not do, because there's there's all kinds of discomfort that comes with dealing with people's troubles. Um, and uh, so, because he says, um, is this not the fast I've chosen to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? You know, the great thing about those is, is that when you when you really do that, in, uh, when, when, I mean, and obviously it, it takes the Spirit of God, but, but when you do that kind of thing in people's life, man, it's a blessing. No, there's nothing like getting off the phone with somebody and like they called you all upset and they get off the phone and they're peaceful. It's like and, and they ha- and they have an answer. You know, and, and you and you're just you get off the phone and you're like, Wow, thank Jesus. I'm glad Jesus had an answer for him because I didn't. Um and he then he's and he says is uh, again this fast that he's chosen, he said, Is it not to deal your bread to the hungry that you bring the poor that are cast out to your house? When you see the naked, that you cover him, that you hide not yourself from your own flesh. Uh, and uh, there, I think we get more into the uh, the uncomfortable thing for your flesh of 
because it's you know we have this kind of insular society where we just kind of keep to ourselves um, and uh, kind of just kind of focus on our own problems, focus on our own life. Don't don't worry about everybody around you. Um, you know, if they if they make it great, if not, oh well, you know, better them than me is kind of the attitude that our society has. And, and it's certainly crept into the church. Um, so, bringing the poor to your house, you know, that, that's a tough thing to do. You know, dealing your bread to the hungry. Um, it's way easier to shrug at someone's problems and, and tell them, well, that's too bad, than it is to try and get an answer from God for them. And... and uh, and if they need something, to do it. Uh, and then uh, uh, when you see the naked that you cover him, that's not something we do super great in the church. It's like, did you see so-and-so and the thing that they did? And then, you know, before you know it, everybody knows about it. Um, and so he, he calls it a fast to cover them, to to keep it to yourself and to cover it with love and to... To deal with it, and, and to not hide yourself from your own flesh. What we all do, we all like to would like to hide ourselves from our own flesh, wouldn't we? Um, nobody likes those moments where you you see something in you that you didn't know was there. That's really unpleasant. Oh. Um, I remember years and years and years ago when I worked for Kevin, uh, I had, had had such a moment. Standing there at work talking to him, I was like, man, you know, I just, I realized I am just a butthead. Because I I've had a really bad attitude problem and, and God was dealing with me about it. And it was so amusing, in hindsight, watching him try to figure out how to respond to that. Because I know he wanted to say, yeah. Man, I'm so glad you figured that out. You know, it's like great. Now maybe we can stop. You know. So I mean, I don't know. You could almost see like a little twitch as he was trying not to smile. And he's kind of okay. He's like, well, you know, God's a potter. You know. So, what else would you say? <laughs> That's probably a better answer than, oh man, I know. Like I know I work with you. Mm. So, but he says, you know, if you, if you do these things, in, in verse 8, he says, Then shall your light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. So that sounds awesome. I don't want that, especially when you're feeling blah. And you're in the the, uh, the malaise of, of boredom and every day being the same. And uh, and then he says in verse 9, Then you shall call, and the Lord shall answer. You shall cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If you take away from the midst of you the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity, and if you draw out your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. That sounds awesome, doesn't it? That's what you want when you are 
you know, kind of, I don't know, I, I think of this kind of like walking through the fog and you can't see anything around you. It's like you kind of know where you are. It's like I've been down the street a million times, but I can't see anything. And and then to, to have, you know, to have the darkness be is the noonday, you know, because, of course, this time of year, you know, you get those great wet, foggy mornings and the sun comes up and, and it burns all that mist away. And, and you can see what you're doing. You can see where you're going. So, so he, he talks about this sense of uh, giving of yourself, giving of the things that you've received from God as being the answer to this malaise. Because it's really easy to, you know, when you're, when you're hurting, for example... It's way easier to protect yourself than it is to to uh, continue to make yourself vulnerable or to deal with other people's hurts. It, 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 at first, it feels like to deal with somebody else's pain would be more than you could possibly bear when you're hurting. But there's something really, if I could use the word therapeutic about it, that gets your focus on, hey, I'm not the only person in the world that has a problem. And and it's way easier to to have the answer for someone else and and understand that hey you know God, God's got this all in hand you know I I got several phone calls this week where I needed to have an answer from God for somebody and I just felt like I had no answers for me and I just thought oh my life is ending everything's terrible and pathetic and and I just kind of wanted to you know curl up under my desk and go to sleep and never wake up. You know, you know, and then I would get a call from somebody that really needed something, and I was so glad because I had the answer for them. <laughs> but it's this reminder of, hey, that would be the answer for me too, wouldn't it? And and so, um, so he says, uh, I want to read that again in verse, uh, starting in verse nine. He says, "And you shall call, and the Lord shall answer. And you shall cry, and He shall say, Here I am." And if you take away the yoke, or from the midst of thee the yoke, and the putting forth of the finger, and the speaking vanity. It's easy to do those kinds of things when you're having a hard time. Uh, I, I came in here Wednesday night, and I was in such a bad mood. I'd had such a bad day, and I was thinking, oh boy, this should be fun, trying to do the song service, when I just kind of wanted to strum my guitar and go, bleh. <laughs> Like you may be seated, and <laughs> so fortunately, I had stalwart Fred there to take the reins. And uh, 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 but when you're upset, it's really easy to be super negative like that. Uh, even after church, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I was just like throwing out all kinds of stupidity and, ne- and negative stuff. It was. It was Spectacularly pathetic, and uh, uh, but it was it was really good to see because I couldn't hide myself from my own flesh. And I was like, oh, okay. You mean so like I should not be doing that, you know? And and it's easy, you know, to uh, excuse away uh, your actions when when you're you know in pain or upset or afraid. Or angry, or whatever. Um, 
For that is not hiding yourself from your own flesh. That is hiding yourself from your own flesh. And so dealing with it's a lot better. Um, and and uh, and he says in verse 10, If you draw your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity, and thy darkness shall be as the noonday. Now, if, you're, if, if your dark moments are, are that well illuminated, then that's, that would be a good place to be. Because it's hard to get lost uh, at noon. It's hard to make a wrong turn at noon if you can see where you're going. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and shall satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. And thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I read that and I got excited. I was like, make fat your bones? That's my problem. But Just kidding. But that's what we, but that's what we all want is that sense of having God guide us continually, uh, and to have your soul satisfied in drought. You know, you know, in, in Jeremiah he talked about you know the man that that trusts the Lord shall not see when drought comes, and uh, uh, and you know that's a really great thing you know to, um, to you know to to not see when drought comes would be to have it be drought all around you. But it's raining where you are, you, or or if it's not raining, you have these roots that run down deep enough to to find the water, where where maybe someone else couldn't find it, and to make fat your bones, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. You know, and actually, it's interesting because fail is a good word there, but. Uh, my Bible in the margin says lie or deceive, and so uh, you know I think that's that's precious. But to be like a watered garden, or like a spring of water, you know, a spring of water, the water there's there's some motion there because it's coming from somewhere. It's not just sitting there. You know, you you go into you know, those those really nice gardens and people's backyards and things and they'll have like the little pond little koi pond or whatever and they'll have like a little fountain thing that keeps the water moving because if they don't then it gets nasty and and you get like the little green scum on the top and all that stuff and so nobody wants that nobody nobody's going to drink out of that so um you know so we you know to be those vessels that people could drink out of. We want that sense of motion of the the water in us. You know, in fact, you know, when you read through the the Old Testament and it talks about the sacrifices and everything, it talks about running like you know, you kill these birds and you you put them under running water, or you put them in running water, right. and, uh, and and like just about everywhere you look at that, it's, that word is living water. So so God talks about there being this sense of life with this. When there's motion in the water, and then they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, and thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Wouldn't you like to have that be your legacy? That that you that you raised up the foundations of many generations. That, that you know. 
and that that you were the repairer of the breach. Because if you have a uh, if you have a breach in the wall, you know we've been talking a lot about uh, uh, the rebuilding of the wall when the when the exiles came back to Jerusalem. And if you have a hole in the wall, that's where everything comes in. And so that's that's the thing that you have to repair to to make the city safe and the restorer of paths to dwell in. You know the uh, um, Jesus said, "I'm the way, the truth, and the life." And that word way talks about not just a path, although it is that, but it's like a manner of life. It's like how you live your life. you know. And so to, uh, you know, to, to bring people, to help people come to that place, or just to remind them, it's like, hey, you know, hey, the, the, you know, the path's right here, and, and you know, you're... Uh, you can you can walk on this as as sure as anything, and uh, and uh, like I said, it's a it's such a blessing to be able to focus on somebody else's need and to to draw out your soul to the hungry, because you'd be surprised how you can when when you need an answer from God for someone else because you love them and you care about them that you'd be surprised what you can find. You know, uh, when we had Jeremy, um, you know, there's something about having your first child that is like this really um, terrifying revelation that they don't just let you sleep at night. (laughs) And, uh, you know, for me, you know, I, I sleep like I dead. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Cynthia would try and have me get up and change his diaper or uh, uh, when she would nurse him or she would have me like go feed him with a bottle so she could sleep for like, you know, four hours in a row. And I was so pathetically useless at it. I just, I mean, I'm like diapering his head, you know, I'm like, oh, and, and, uh, you know, being the, the the practical gal that she is, you know, it's like you know I could actually do this faster and more efficiently and just let him sleep because I'm awake anyway, and you know something that you know kind of keeps you awake when when you watch somebody and you're like, oh my God, just get here, you know, so you know, and uh, so you know, um, I shamelessly will tell you that I slept through all. Through all the nights of my, when my children were not, because Cynthia just got up and dealt with them. But um, uh, you know the thing is, is this, you know when you when you see how much work a newborn is, and you see uh, how much uh, or how little mom gets to sleep, and how little she actually gets to be a person. <laughs> All these mothers are like, oh, amen, mother, preach it. <laughs> no, um, and you think, where does that reserve of strength come from? Like, where does that come from? And, and, and it comes from this love and the fact that they're not focusing on what they need. They're focusing on what the baby needs. You know, and so, you know, if, if you, you know, if you can see the need in somebody around you. 
and and um, you know prefer preferring one another you know over yourself you know looking at, at that need as being more urgent or more important than than your own need um, then um, it it will your your flesh will will complain flesh will be like but I wanted to go out to eat I didn't want to sit here and talk till three in the afternoon you know. <laughs> You know, or I, I want to go to bed now. I don't want to be on the phone till eleven o'clock. Uh, but uh, there's such a blessing in it. And then, like we read in, in Proverbs, you know, the he that waters shall be watered himself. You know, and and so there's this continual refreshing that happens when you open yourself up to let God make that that river of living water flow out of you and and to touch the people around you. So, Jesus, we thank You for Your Word to us. You know, and we, we pray that You would do these very things in us. God, that, that our our eyes would be on You. And that You would open our eyes to the, the, the needs of the people around us. God, that You'd open our eyes to the, uh, the, the plight of the lost. God, all around us. God, that, that, um, that we couldn't just not care. God, but that, that Your love and... and that burden that you feel for the lost would, would come upon us. God, that you would do in us what only you could do, that you would do through us what only you could do. God, uh, God what we're talking about here is is just being a channel for you to do what you do. God, and the, the, uh, the joy and the, the peace that comes with being a, a, a channel rather than than uh, just uh, a stagnant pool. And God, what we pray is that You would do these things in every one of us uh, to the people around us, God, that we would um, be that, that source of, of the, the water that, that flows. And God, we just pray that today, in this place, You would do as only You can. God, that You would touch every need, that You'd touch every heart today. Uh, God, you you know every need in this place, and uh, you know what to do with it, and you are the answer for it. God, we we pray also for the uh, the team in uh, Central America that you you bless them today, that you prosper the day, prosper their journey. God, uh, uh, keep blessing these uh, these meetings. God, uh, God, you moved precious in that meeting last night, and I pray that you would uh, touch them again tonight. God, that you'd, you'd refresh every member of the team. God, that you would uh, bless all the, the technical aspects of the, of the meetings and, and just touch the whole thing as only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen and amen.